I can tell you that everything that I said to you this morning is not true about anything I described. And I know that because I am the householder. And I could tell you why those things are the way they are, and it was not represented in anything that I said. You are listening to Holy Words from Holy Cross, the sermon podcast of Holy Cross Evangelical Lutheran Church in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. We hope you find these words a blessing in your daily walk with God. Please visit us on the web at www.holycrossnazareth.org or in person at 696 Johnson Road, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart, not be all else to me, save that thou Let us pray. Almighty and merciful God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Your servant surrenders himself to the guidance of the Spirit that we call holy. May the words that are spoken come from an instructed tongue, only permitted to speak that which is acceptable in your sight. Almighty and merciful God, please be with us now and help us to understand your holy word. Amen. I want to start with an exercise this morning, an exercise that I will call without and within. Hopefully it will explain itself as we move forward with it. So it's something that we have done, that we do, and probably will continue to do. And that is when we see something We see it from without or from outside of it, and we begin to draw certain possible conclusions from it. So I'm going to take you on a little drive with me. I want you all to go, and we're going to turn into a driveway. The driveway is going to open up at first, but then get rather small again before it opens. We're going to stop right at that point and look down. As we're looking down, we're going to see this really large yard. So one of the conclusions that we may gain from that or may apply to it from our opinion and our experience is the person may be a landscaper. To have a yard this big requires a lot of time. So the person could either be retired and have that time to take care of such a large area or possibly they are in that lawn care type of business. And again, very similarly, all of the shrubs seem to be well manicured, nothing is overgrown or out of size. So again, we can use what we see and interpret it by what we understand in the world in which we live. And again, it lends itself to the possibility of that resident either being in that type of business or having a lot of time on one's hands. Well, when we look to the right, we can see that there are a couple of trailers there. And this begins to help us to say, you know what, we could be onto something because those trailers are used in large part by landscapers. So the purpose behind all of this 
large area would be to exemplify what they possibly do for a living. But now we draw our attention to the buildings. And there are two buildings there, and they're all brick. So if we know and understand those things, one of the conclusions we can say is possibly these brick buildings had to be constructed before the late 80s because it was at the late 80s, early 90s when the cultured stone market began to change the way houses look. And by virtue of the fact that this building and buildings are all brick, could possibly say that its age was before this 1989 era when the change of architecture took place in the world in which we live. When we look at them again too, we see that there's six garage doors. So we could possibly conclude that from those amount of garage doors, could very possibly be a collector of some sort. Could be automobiles. That would also explain one of the trailers that could be used in moving that collection to that place. There are two buildings, and they have a lot of similarities between them. And one of the things we may conclude also is that whoever lives there, there must be many people living there. Six garage doors, two places to live in, both very sizable. And when we look around again, we can see that there is, all of the sidewalks are done in paving bricks. So these are conclusions we can come to by watching from something from without or from outside of it. I can tell you that everything that I said to you this morning is not true about anything I described. And I know that because I am the householder. And I could tell you why those things are the way they are, and it was not represented in anything that I said. The purpose is, the only way that you would possibly know and understand what the thought was behind each one of these pieces is it would have to be explained to you by the householder. And this brings us right to the biblical messages of today. It is not possible to understand the word of Almighty God if the Holy Spirit is not present. If we are looking at the word of God from the outside, we will never be able to understand anything that scripture is saying. We will come to conclusions from our opinions and from a worldly perspective, and we will be very distant from the truth. So now let us look at the holy scriptures that have been placed before us on this day so that we can understand how this is applied in our spiritual lives. So we go to the book of Numbers chapter 11 and the story of Moses. The story was told today, but it is preempted by a specific condition. Shortly after the Israelites left Egypt, they began to grumble against God, and they began to grumble against Moses, and they were questioning, why do we have to eat this manna every single day of our lives? We want regular food. We want to go back to Egypt, and we want to eat of the fish 
and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic. But they failed to realize to go back and eat that food would put them back into oppression, slavery, and bondage. They were viewing things from the outside. They did not understand what the Holy Spirit was doing in Moses at that time, directing them to the promises that were made to their forefather, Abraham. And it was with Moses' plead to Almighty God. He actually asked Almighty God to kill him. Moses asked for his own death rather than come to ruin because the people did not understand. They were viewing things from the wrong perspective. Moses is directed by Almighty God to bring 70 elders to the tent of the meeting, to the tabernacle. And Almighty God's presence was there. And he says in scripture that he took from the spirit that was given upon Moses and placed it upon the 70 others. And they began to prophesy. We can understand and conclude somewhat from that perspective that the Holy Spirit had empowered those 70 elders in the midst of the people to be able to recall the word of God, the promises that were made to Abraham and how God was going to bring that to completion. Up until this point, Moses was probably the only one in the group, maybe his brother Aaron, the high priest, who had any type of awareness of what God was intending for them. All they seen was desert and wilderness. All they seen was thirst and hunger. And they wanted to go back to a place where they felt comfortable. But the elders began to prophesy. And I believe that the Holy Spirit at that point began to say so that they could all hear and remind them of the promises made to Abraham. That at one time it was just two. They had a son. Israel became a great nation. It was that nation now that was on the way to its emerging homeland. And it was at that point where the Spirit empowered and enabled the people to understand what Moses and the elders were speaking. Up until that point, they were only at the top of the driveway looking down, not being able to understand all of these things. And again, we now go to the book of Acts, and we see this wonderful story of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And the Ruach of God, the breath of God filling the place. But again, we have to understand where this had come from. Because in Genesis chapter 11, it's called the Tower of Babel. And what the people were doing at that time, because they had a common world language, they had set out to accomplish certain things. And it just happened to be that they were using bricks. And this was a mass of people using bricks to build a structure, a structure that would bring them that acclamation. Their own accomplishment is what they were after. Almighty God confused their language so they could not complete what they set out to do. And as soon as Almighty God confuses that language, that is when the promise is made to Abraham in the very next chapter. And now we get to the point where through all of this period of time, where God's plan was not understood 
except for those empowered by the Holy Spirit, and them not in whole, but only in part. Now Jesus Christ had come. He had lived. He had been crucified. He rose from the dead, and he ascended into heaven. And the Holy Spirit is now loosed upon the earth. And the language that was now once confused is now been able to be heard and understand so that the message of Almighty God's plan completely fulfilled in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and we would be empowered by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is poured out and fills the place where they are staying and divides into tongues of flames. For people viewing this from the outside, they would say they're drunk. It's nine o'clock in the morning. It's the third hour. They've had too much to drink already. This is what happens when we view things from outside and not from within and empowered by the Holy Spirit. It is a wonderful peace for us that we experience such a blessed event. Part of the scripture that is not spoken this morning from Peter is the fact that when he is asked, what must we do? Repent and be baptized in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And you will receive that Holy Spirit. At that point, we no longer have to view things from the outside, but we can view them from the inside, from the inside of Scripture. Jesus, in our Gospel story, again, the part that is not read today, helps us to understand that he was being encouraged to go to this festival. It was called the Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of of the gathering, that is, harvest, receiving the goodness from Almighty God. But Jesus keeps saying to those, it is not yet my time, because they all knew at this time what some people had planned to do to him. But nevertheless, Jesus did go to the feast. And that feast of harvest is something that is commemorated through the Jewish people where they live in these leafy shelters or tabernacles and they remember their journey through the wilderness and how God supplied for all of their needs and took them into the promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey, a land that produced wonderful produce. Therefore, the celebration and the feast of harvest. Jesus takes this opportunity to help us to understand words that he had spoken as they're recorded in Luke's Gospel, chapter 10, where he said, as he sends out 72 in his name, go for the harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. The laborers need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. 
you have heard the pastor talk about a subject called apologetics, which is convincing and stating a position of one's hope and belief in Jesus Christ. By the power and presence of this Holy Spirit, we can be the laborers for that harvest. When people ask us why we believe in Jesus Christ, the power and presence of the Holy Spirit in our life gives us the words to speak. We cannot view it from the outside. We have to be inside. We put all of this into this position, and I close with these thoughts. We have not been able to come together for many weeks in this sanctuary. But the time is coming as we prepare to reopen the church, reopen the place that Almighty God has declared to be the office of the Holy Spirit. Because of the distribution of the sacraments, we are that office. The office has been closed, and it has hurt us deeply, spiritually. But we look forward to the fact that we will be coming together again, and that the holy sacraments that are essential will be made available. And we, as God's people, can come and hear his word, and the Holy Spirit can grant us understanding of things that are incomprehensible for us to know without his guidance. There are two possible scenarios. You can drive by a church and you can think like you were at the top of the driveway that you know what's going on inside there and what they may have been thinking. But the only way to truly know is to come. I encourage you as these ordinances are lifted, please return to your church. Return to the power and presence and the gift of the Holy Spirit made available through that office. I ask God to bless you, keep you, guide you, and keep you in his peace. Amen. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Not be all else to me, save that thou art. Be thou my best thought in the day and the night. Waking or sleeping, thy presence, my life.